Welcome to the Out of the Basement Podcast with Devin Turak, Patrick Gleason, and Paul Sanders. And now, here's the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Out of the Basement Podcast. My name is always Devin Turak, and no Patrick Gleason today, but I am joined by Paul Sanders. Yes, no Pat. Well, he was here earlier today, but yeah. uh, unfortunately he had a dinner to go to and recording late in the day on a Saturday, so uh-huh. uh, he, he had to he had to leave early. He was unable to stay and, and uh, do the podcast with us. Is this like the first time he's missed a podcast? Uh, no, there have been a couple that he has not been part of. Uh, one was at Pat's house uh, early on in the run. And there's been a couple that I've done without any of you guys because I was at Adepticon. Oh, that's true, yeah. But uh, in town, yeah, it's not. It's rare for him to miss an episode. Well, I know this is the first time that I've done a podcast that he's not been here for. Right. So it's well, monumental to me. <laughs> and it's also great because maybe someone other than him will get to talk. Yeah. And the best part is he'll never know he said that because he, he doesn't listen. listen to them. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't. All right, so let's uh, let's start with our week in the hobby. Um, Paul, what have you been up to? Uh Actually, not a hell of a lot. I've been playing around with Skyrim a bit, but it's getting to the point now where I'm just getting a little tired of it. Same thing, repetitive. Well, yeah, you've been doing it for what, five years now? Uh, like, I got like 700 hours in the game, <laughs> but I've not made it past like level 30 or something. I just I get to a certain point, I'm like, yeah, I want to make a new character. Okay. So I'm really, really, really good and efficient at the beginning of the game. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but I get to a certain point, it's like, uh, let's start a new character. And then it's like, same thing from the beginning, all over again. Yeah, I so. find that at, at some point it gets so open that you yeah. kind of lose focus and you're like, oh, what do I want to do now? Where do I go? Yeah, yeah. I've forgotten about all the quests that I had over here, so do I want to do them all at the same time? But then all of a sudden you meet a new guy and he gives you 12 more quests in like all different areas. Well, I thought originally I would just like, I'll go from town to town and do the quests in each town. Yeah, but there's so much running oh, around in that game. It, there is... But I've been looking into some other games, a lot of sort of like, um, I don't know how to describe them, sort of like survival games, similar to like StarCraft style. There's one called Factorio that you kind of, you crash land on a planet mm-hmm. and then you got to build, a, your ultimate goal is to build a spaceship and escape. And it's all done through building factories which produce components and then each component you need to using another construction to make something so and you make conveyor belts and all these things are traveling all over the places and you get attacked by aliens if depending on how much um how much pollution your your factories all create okay and that what sets off the aliens and they come and attack you it's it's really complicated but it's actually kind of cool when you really think about it and the in-depth that is into it and then another game that i've been looking at is RimWorld. Mm-hmm. i didn't like it at first but it's sort of the same kind of thing you, you're part of a, it's a colony ship that's coming to colonize a new planet way out on the rim type thing, and the ship kind of breaks up in, in an orbit, and then you come down in cryopods, and you kind of crash land, and you got to survive, okay. and ultimately rebuild another ship to escape and go back to civilization or wherever. So and, the colony ship is a failed experiment, and yes, you're trying to get back home. Basically. Okay. and. All these, you keep getting attacked by raiders, which are other people that were on the colony ship that have crash landed elsewhere. Okay. So they come and attack you, and some, you can befriend some other colonies, and they come and trade with you, and you've got to survive natural disasters, weather, constant raiding, crazed animals that go nuts because of some psychic phenomenon or mm-hmm. something, and that, that affects your people as well, and your people have relationships. 
marriages, adultery. They just hate sometimes they just hate each other and they fight. And really, there's drugs in it, so you can like you can have a guy addicted to alcohol or addicted to that. And if he doesn't have a supply of that, he kind of goes nuts and wants to kill everybody in the colony. It's, okay, it's quite an interesting game. I didn't like it at first, but I do now. It's called RimWorld. Yes. Okay. And is it first person? <laughs> Excuse me. Is it first person shooter? Is it real time strategy? It's, it's like um, top down. Okay. So you're kind of like God. And then you're you're directing individuals, yeah. or maybe like an overseer telling yes. people what to do. And um, what are the graphics like? Like, are, are your people um, like? Can you zoom down and, and take a look at each of them individually? Uh, kind of not really. It's kinda sort of not it's really. it's like two D type thing. It's not just. I mean, look it up. It's on Steam. It's a Steam game. Okay. I, I believe it's a Steam game anyway. And you, yeah, you just look it up and kind of get an idea of the graphics and stuff. But like, at first, I didn't like it. Because I was watching a guy kind of do a playthrough of it on okay. on Twitch, and I was like, I'm like, eh, I don't really like it. But then I kind of got watching it, and just the amount of detail that they've put into it, it's, it's sort of growing on me now. <laughs> I haven't bought it myself yet, but I'm kind of leaning towards just try something new, you know? Okay. Um, when it comes to video games, I've really not even touched my computer since our last recording, and it's it's something that makes me very sad, but. Um, I have, um, I've, I've done nothing really, nothing game related, with the exception of preparing for uh, the, what happened today, mm-hmm. which I kind of want to talk into in the next segment. Not so much in, <laughs> um, in actually, not even in news and rumors. It would be in segment three. Um, what I have done, however, is um, I think we talked about this last time we got together. Um, I have a. The, the Force Law Wazubi campaign. Uh-huh. So we ran through the first uh, ep- uh, adventure, part of the adventure, with the new cast member, or the new... Yeah, cast member, because one of our PCs had died, so there's a new oh, PC yeah. that's involved. Um, so I picked up the actual miniature to go <laughs> with that PC, so I, I'm in the process now of painting that up. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know if I talked about this last time, but uh, I'm part of the, the Free Buddha's Forum, which is something that you mentioned it. It's it's something that's that was uh, attached to 40k radio when 40k radio was on its own. They had their own forums. It was a pay forum where you have to actually pay money every year to, to be a member of, which kind of weeds out all the people that go on forums just to be an asshole, just a troll. Yeah, yeah there's none of that. And every year we do this thing called Secret uh, uh, Deep Deep Striking Santa. <laughs> so. You put your name into a hat, and there's a couple of people who organize it, and they take all the names from your region or from your country, and everyone who's who's signed up for it, and randomly send out who your target is, oh, along along with a list of the kind of stuff that they're looking for, and then you can go online and, and check out some of their their um, their armies and see what what uh, kind of paint schemes they use, that sort of thing. So. I've been doing this now for five years, although I did miss last year, because I was kind of off the forums for a bit. But, so for, for three of the last four years, I've taken part in this, and I'm taking part in it again this year. Mm-hmm. And there was only uh, two or three Canadians that actually signed up this year, which is very disappointing. Usually we have almost equal to the number of Americans that sign up. So there's, there's a large number of Canadian, usually it's 40K-related players. This year I got Terrace. 
Terrace Cassidy, who runs Geek Nation Tours. (laughs) He's a good friend of mine. Um, I I guess I technically work for him now, even though I'm not really getting paid. But (laughs) So I I do a lot of the editing and uh, posting of all of the podcasts for his network. And he has really gotten into this new game called Frostgrave. So Frostgrave, it's very similar to like the old style Necromunda or, um, oh, I've totally forgotten the name. But it's a GW thing where uh, you're, you're playing in the old world and you have a small squad of, of guys. Each, they're each Everyone's individually kitted out. You go mm-hmm. on uh, missions and then at the end of your mission you get experience and you, so you can improve your guys. You can buy them new uh, items, upgrade their abilities, that sort of thing. So it's in that in that same kind of game. Um, you have a uh, a wizard who's like the leader of your party, and then everyone else is kind of like a soldier who's a bodyguard, like that kind of thing. Yeah. Again, each one of them kitted out individually. Each one of them usually hand molded. So that's what he's really into now. He doesn't want to do anything forty k related. He has everything he needs for that. So his request was just a single guy to add to his Frostgrave band. I said, no, 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 no. I know you, Terrace. I'm going to get you something. We're, we're friends. I'm going to get you something really good. So I went online. I'm like, what, what do I want to get him? I want to give him an entire army. So oh, wow. one entire themed. It's only like 10, 12 guys max. I want to find a th- something that, that revolves around the same kind of theme and then have everyone kind of match that theme. I know he's a member of the Free Buddhist. He's the lead of now of the Free Buddhist Network. Pirates. Huh. So I found these awesome pirate minis and i now have um uh, i think 10 so uh, a group of uh, anyway 10 to 12 mixture of men and women in pirate garb that i have to paint up in the next five to six weeks (laughs) so that's now going to be starting monday that's what I'll be focusing on is painting. getting. Yeah, I'll be doing a ton of painting. And um, I want to put up pictures, but unfortunately, he's a friend he's of mine. See them, right? He'll yeah. see them. So I don't know how I'm going to avoid giving away any spoilers. He doesn't know that I'm his guy, and he won't know until he finally receives his package. Does he listen to the podcast? Yeah, I don't think he does. <laughs> no, so I think we're safe there. Oh, actually, maybe I should have. Uh, no, but he's, he's, he's so busy with the nine podcasts that he, yeah, he puts out on his network. All of those he doesn't even listen to. There's like maybe two or three that he selectively does. Anyway, so there's a good chance you won't hear this. Hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, I hope he's. I hope it's going to turn out well. I hope he's going to absolutely love them. I'm really looking forward to putting this project together. Yeah. I even bought a um, uh, little... Uh, base toppers so that instead of putting in like grass or or sand or something and painting that up it's going to be the deck of a ship hmm. so they're all going to have like a, a themed base i'm i'm so looking i was I, I was thinking about this for a good two or three weeks and pouring through all the different uh, yeah. websites that have miniatures trying to figure out how, what i want to do and i'm really really happy with this i hope it turns out well it's good sound it sounds like it's going to be neat so, yeah. <laughs> all right, so that's basically all I've done. Oh, actually, no, there's one more thing I want to talk about. Um, it's a well-known fact that I absolutely hate the prequels for Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. But Star Wars is my thing. Yeah. And recently someone got me um, to try out uh, the Clone Wars. Not the original cartoon version, but uh-huh. the new animated series, the, uh, the, the CG version. Okay. It's on Netflix, 
and I've been looking for a new Netflix show. So I'm like, okay, fine. They're half hours. They should be easy to get through. I'll fast forward through the ones I can't stand. Like anytime Jar Jar shows up, <laughs> I really just want to ignore that whole uh, episode. Yeah. There is some amazing stuff in there. The storylines are fantastic. If you put aside the hatred of the the changing of the background, the fact that clones are fighting for the good guys as opposed to fighting uh, fighting against the clones, if you if you if you ignore all of that, the actual storylines are incredible. Mm-hmm. So I'm really enjoying. I'm now partway through the third or fourth season, and I started this maybe three weeks ago. Oh, so I'm just powering through them, and they're <laughs> 22 episodes per season too. Oh. They're only half hours though, so I get yeah. through like seven or eight at night while I'm playing on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come come to think of that, I was um, I found an interesting audio book mm-hmm. that I was trying to I was trying to find something I could listen to at work that mm-hmm. wouldn't drive me crazy, and I found an unabridged version. So it was 14 hours long. Of listening to um, Star Wars Darth Plagueis. Okay. And the background that that gives you on Palpatine and how he became Darth Sidious and whatnot mm-hmm. is very interesting because it also explains where the clone army comes from, right. where Darth Maul comes from, where all of these characters that aren't really explained in any of the prequels come from, and it ties everything in together. And I understand everything a lot more. Okay. Now it's still the the fucked up, now modified background. Uh, let's just say, Medichlorians feature large in this story. Ah, oh, Jesus. I know, but it kind of, it makes things a little bit clearer. I don't say you have to enjoy it, right. but at least it'll answer maybe a few questions that you might have as to look plot holes that were definitely in, left in those movies. Okay. It seemed to answer most of those. Okay. So, because I, um, I know you've seen the prequels, do you ever remember the part where Palpatine actually references Darth Plagueis? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, up until just after the end of the f- episode one, mm-hmm. Darth Plagueis is still alive. Oh, really? Yeah. Palpatine doesn't kill him until the end. So, <laughs> okay. it's just after he becomes Supreme Chancellor. I mean, spoilers. Doesn't. Spoilers, yeah. <laughs> but just after he becomes Supreme Chancellor. That's when Pelagius dies. Really? Yeah. Interesting. It's from the way he references him. Yeah. It sounds like it's something that happened a long time ago. Well, Pelagius, I believe, is the he pushes a bunch of people to create the clone army in the first place. Okay. That's where they they go back to. Um, Camino. Yeah, Camino's referenced, and when they talk to them, it's like, oh, Jedi Master Sabath or whatever. Mm-hmm commissioned this army right he was pushed to do that by Pelagius okay he was influenced and it's just like they mention that but you're like who the hell is this Jedi master right. yeah and they and never they never find they never him explain yeah, it yeah you're right and it's because Pelagius is the one that pushes all of that okay. to happen see I, I always just figured that it was a um uh uh pseudonym for Dooku no Dooku he was a Jedi master he got he was pushed as well by influenced by Pelagius okay. and Palpatine, and that's how he eventually left the Jedi Order after Qui Gon died, because Qui Gon was his apprentice. Really? Yeah. Okay. More stuff and, I didn't know. Yeah, Dooku was actually he was a really good Jedi. He was very like his his lightsaber skills were well known. Oh yeah. And yeah, he's a duelist. Yes, he was very good at what he did, and 
he left the Jedi Order after Qui-Gon died okay. over some sort of dispute with the other masters hmm. or whatever. And, okay. and that's why he went and claimed, like, he was the son of the Duke on whatever planet. Right. And he went and claimed that title. Right. Because normally all Jedi give up their past sure. and all their connections. But once he left the Order, he went and took the Count title, and that's how he got that, and his character was introduced. Okay. You see, it ties in all of these things that you never knew, right? And that's what I really enjoyed about that. Normally, okay. I hate everything. Like, I don't read any of the story, any of the novels, or anything that come before mm-hmm. episode the, the real episode one, as far as I'm concerned. Right. A new hope. But this one kind of interests me because it sort of they when I was reading the little blurb for it, it kind of explained the background of these characters is like where Lord Darth Sidious came from and everything I was like well I've always wondered maybe right. this person will explain it right. and he did an amazing job explaining it okay um, so I play this this phone game called uh, Galaxy of Heroes yeah and in it uh, Dooku is one of the characters you can play or have on your team and his special ability kind of his leader ability in that game is that he really dodges well and mm-hmm. I'm like Okay, fine. They just gave this guy a dodge. Until I watch him in the show, and that's exactly how they play him. So Anakin attacks him a couple times. Uh, he's attacked a couple times by uh, by um, Obi Wan. Obi Wan. And the entire time, he's like deflecting slavers here and dodging out of the way. Like he is the dodge master. No one can touch him. Yeah. So that now that I think back about the game and how mad I've been because he keeps dodging all my attacks. Well, that's why. It totally makes sense now. Yeah. So it's like they they delved into the background of the characters when they were creating the abilities of the characters, which kind of makes sense. Yeah. I don't know how Anakin ever managed to beat him at the end. Uh, because he was fueled by rage. I, yeah. He, yeah. At that point, he'd already fallen to the dark side. That's true, he did. Or yeah. he was on well, his way. Well, he was on his way, yeah. yeah. Because he's, he was always strongly influenced by Palpatine. Well, he was he was always kind of... He had this darkness within him to begin yeah. with, right? Because yeah. the whole thing with how he goes, the whole, okay, the whole Shmi thing about how he was, like... The, that was when it first started. It, and, and it drives and me crazy. Palpatine fed it constantly. Yeah, for sure. He, there was a lot of influence there. Yeah. Sounds like somebody's getting a phone call. Yeah, from my, <laughs> one of my annoying coworkers that just bugs me for no reason all the time. No worries. I'll probably have to cut that out, but yeah, maybe I'll leave it. He'll probably call again in 30 seconds, because that's what he does. So, at least it's on vibrate and it didn't go off. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to our second segment, News and Rumors. Do we have any news and or rumors? Uh, I'm going to see um, Doctor Strange tomorrow. I am also seeing Doctor Strange tomorrow. Where are you seeing it? Um, Centrum. Okay. In the... the not the IMAX. I don't. I don't see movies in the IMAX anymore because it's just it's money grab. But I will see it in 3D because I mean, buildings upside down for heaven's sakes. I'm not missing that. It's like it's like Inception <laughs> all over again. It's like come on, this deserves 3D. Yeah. That's why it's happening in 3D. So yeah, I actually am going to the IMAX, but only because of timing issues. So yeah. Pat is coming down, and uh, my girlfriend's coming. She wants. She really wants to see the movie because she's a huge fan of Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, yeah, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, the three of us are seeing it together in IMAX tomorrow, but mainly it's because Pat's 
watching football uh, I guess in the afternoon and yeah. it has to be after football's over. Of course it does. So the only the only time slot that was at all convenient and not, you know, seven PM yeah. was uh the IMAX. So we're mm-hmm. going to the IMAX. It's fine. My tickets are free. Uh, my oh. my girlfriend's tickets were free. That's the only one who has to pay. Oh poor bet poor too bad for Pat. Yeah. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, my dad wants to see this. And he never likes to see any movies, period. Mm-hmm. He's like, well, I want to go see Dr. Strange. <laughs> I just kind of looked at him like, you what? do? What? Huh? Where did this come from? I, I will have, I will say one thing. Normally, I don't care about um, reviews by uh, actual reviewers, like movie reviewers. Who cares? However, one of my friends um, went to see it, and he's a pretty big comic book nerd. And he said... If you're a fan of Doctor Strange from when you were younger, when you were in the 90s, 80s, 90s, and you read the Doctor Strange comic books, do not see this movie. Oh, really? Yeah. He says it's it's a really cool martial arts flick, but it's not the Doctor Strange I remember. So that's a bit of a caveat for going in to see it. Hopefully we won't feel that way. Well, I know I won't because I I never read comics. I haven't read comics, so I'm going to this just like, oh, it's another Marvel movie. Okay, fantastic. In that case, you're probably going to love gonna it. I'm going to love it. Yeah. yeah, good. Yeah, and really, that's that's the audience that Marvel cares about. The yeah. the, the super diehard uh, comic book nerds. There's not enough of them. Yeah, exactly. They're not their major audience. No, their main audience is unfortunately the they're all unfortunately they're the biggest critics. Yeah, but. But also, the mainstream people don't care what they think yeah. or listen to their raves. Yeah. It's the same thing with the new Star Trek films, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure the mass audiences love them. Those of us who are Star Trek fans, not so much. <laughs> this is why I'm a Star Wars fan. Yeah, true. That's why I really love the new films. <laughs> but that's well, me. there was a large gap where I hated the new films. I know. Eh. Now... Hopefully, we're going back in the right direction. Uh, Rogue One coming out uh, in about a month and a, a bit. I'm super looking forward to that. I'm mixed feelings. I'm a, I'm hoping it's going to be okay, but after the debacle that was Force Awakens, uh, I still I still bought that movie, and I still have yet to watch it. And I've had it in my collection for months. Are you saying you've never seen it? I saw it in theaters. Oh, you saw it in just and I, and I bought it for the for my Star Wars collection. Right. But I have yet to ever actually watch Wait, the movie. Does that mean you've also bought episodes one to three? Yes, they're in the collection. <laughs> Twice, <laughs> actually, because I, I rebought everything in oh Blu-ray. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yes, poor me. Came as well, a box set. Okay, deal with it. Fine. It's cheaper that way. Fine. <laughs> I mean, I have them all on my iPad, so I, I really can't say anything either. <laughs> yeah. Every once in a while, I'll go watch a lightsaber battle or two and then go, okay, good. I'm done with this again. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. The original three were really good. Oh, those are amazing. Those I go back to yeah. like on a not not weekly or daily basis, but a couple times a year I'll file I file I will fire up Empire Strikes Back and just Yeah. It's in its glory. I don't know, it seems like I'm like, okay, I'm gonna watch them from the beginning. Including the prequels. And then I get halfway through Attack of the Clones, and then it gets all this sappy romance crap, and I'm yeah. just like, Ugh. and then I end up not watching the ones that I really want to watch, right. you know. But I just cannot bring myself to watch that crap that they call Force Awakens. I just can't do it. Really, you hate it that much? I fucking despise that. Film. I find that surprising. I know. It's like how Chris feels about 
the second new uh, Into Darkness mm-hmm. is how I feel about Force Awakens. Okay. That's how bad it is. And he despises that film. He really does. Oh, God. I don't I hate I... Force Awakens. I've watched it many times. I actually, I had a copy on my iPad again and when I went to visit my dad. It was shortly after it came out. And he hadn't seen it. And there, because he was living in the Caribbean at the time, there was no way he was going to have a chance to see it. Yeah. And so when I'm there, he's like, uh, I don't know if if it's soon enough, but like, have you seen the movie? And I'm like, I have a copy of it on my iPad right now. We're watching it tonight. He's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he loved it. Well, I don't know. You know, it's like, maybe I should give it another shot, but I know I'm just going to be disappointed watching it again. Well, yeah, there, there's so much of it that's... And I, and, I, and I don't know whether it's the story or the way the they've changed the graphic style. Is like, it is it that Ray is just so good at everything? No, it's not even the character so much. I just don't understand what it is about it that it seems like when I think back to the to Star Wars the original and then when I, they went to the prequels, they sort of had the same appearance, same look to it. Okay. You know, and then when they went to this one, you you know, they do, like, close-ups of all the ships. You know, you're walking around it more, you know. They're sort of... It, it makes it seem more real, but for some reason to me, that just does not feel like a Star Wars film. Really? Yeah, I don't know how to describe it, but okay. it just... It, every time I watch it, it just feels off. And even the previews for Rogue One that I've seen give me the same feeling. It just okay. feels off. But I think the storyline is going to be better for Rogue One. I think well, I'm going to enjoy the story better. I'm hoping I'm going to like the movie, mm-hmm. but... I don't know. Maybe it was the way they dealt with Han Solo or whatever in Force Awakens that just turned me off entirely. I mean, not... how? Spoilers. Yeah. He dies? Yeah. I don't know, but, but this scene... Like, I which... understand why he did. Right. But Because he said this is my last Star Wars movie. Well, yeah, but everything past that, just up until the point where he dies and whatnot, it's just like... It just seemed wrong. It didn't seem like the right way for him to go out. Oh, I think it was the perfect way for him to go out. Absolutely. Yeah, the but the whole I, I think yeah, it was no that, that I agree with, but the dialogue between him and, oh, yeah, and yeah. that was shit. And Chewie's reaction was shit. Agreed. Complete bullshit. Agreed. He should have lost his mind. I mean he has a he has a life debt. Yeah. I mean, literally. Mm-hmm. He should have lost his fucking mind. Mm-hmm. And just Oh, I'm going to set off the explosives now. <laughs> and that's the extent of it. Like, he should have... If they're going to kill off Han, they should have killed off Chewie. Because yeah. Chewie would have gone 100% life dead. 100% after after the guy. And he would have torn anyone who got in his that's way. That's right. Including his friends. Up until he was killed. Yep. That's the way it should have been. Yep. And that's not what they did. Yeah, I agree. Which then would explain why he's not consoled by Princess Leia, who, do, could, who doesn't give a fuck about him. No, but it's it's funny. Even uh, even um, Carrie Fisher said, uh, "I don't understand why we do this either." It was it was definitely a, uh, a dropped yeah. ball on our side. Yeah, I mean, her whole reaction to this girl she's never met before. Because remember when when the the rebels or the the new alliance or um, the the new republic came and rescued the resistance people, uh-huh. she was already gone. She'd already been kidnapped. They've actually never met. No, that's right. Exactly. It. Unless. She's somehow her daughter, and we don't know about it. Or her niece, because she's Luke's daughter. Well, and that's we don't what know I think it. it is. To be honest, I I've heard rumors. Yeah. And 
this is based off of um, some accidentally pre-released uh, tie-ins yeah. to the next movie. She was actually supposed to be related to Obi-Wan or Obi-Wan, something? Obi-Wan, yeah. She's a Kenobi. Yeah. Oh, that's bullshit. I, I hope that's not true. I would rather have her a Skywalker in some yeah. sense. Because he was supposed to be married. And they made Mara Jade his wife. Right. She's canon. They made her canon. Yeah, yeah. She's she's now in the move, in the uh, the new universe. Yeah. The new story. I mean, technically she, in the expanded universe, she is killed by Han and Leia's kid. Right. So that kind of makes sense. But Luke's whole absence is bullshit. I'm sorry. The, the problem is he's too powerful. He, he really is. Then he, why didn't he stop Ren? Well, he can't change a person's heart. No, but he could have stopped him from oh, totally. killing everybody. Well, that, that's just it, though. He, he couldn't, for whatever reason, because we don't know the full background of how... Ren lost his mind and turned into Kylo Ren. Um, yeah. Um, maybe there's a book somewhere. I haven't, I haven't read anything about the extended no, universe. No, they've been... Or the new extended universe. Yeah, they've been really closed limp about a lot of it, I think. If he had known about it, he totally would have and could have stopped it. He's Probably. the most powerful person in yeah, the galaxy. somehow he didn't come along to protect the Jedi from the Master. He doesn't, he doesn't really have foresight. That's, that's never been one of his abilities. No, but he could still. He was there during the massacre. Was he? Yeah, they show it to Ren's having visions of it, and you see him there wearing his cowl and his his robot hand consoling R two with all the corpses around. Him. Yeah, but that could have been the aftermath, not not the actual. Uh, right, because he, he comes maybe. home to the academy, the new academy that he set up with all these children that were running around, and finds them all dead at his feet. Yeah, except for Ray. Right, who he then... He saves her. Right. But what is she to him? That's the kind of thing. I know. I think she's his daughter. That's what I I assumed. Or she's Ben's twin sister. Because the Skywalkers come from a line of twins. Yeah, that's true. Well, in the Expanded Universe, they did have... Han and Leia did have twins. Han and Leia did have twins, that's right. And, and, and then they had a third. They had a third child that later died. Mm. But Luke only ever had one child, right? So, hmm, maybe. And in the expanded universe, the this their Han and Leia's son does go dark side, right? And the daughter has to step in and stop it, right? So, and you know, it's just that I can see where. They come like the force has always got to be in balance. Mm-hmm. That's the way it works. So you always have Jedi and you always have a dark side. Well, okay, hold on. I wouldn't say Jedi. Well, no, you have you have a light side. Jedi is a religion that that follows around the light yeah, side of the force. That's true. But it's it's yeah, it's mainly a set of tenets. Yeah, it's not light all. Side, but it has to be in balance. So if you have right, someone that's side, predominantly good, like right. Luke, you have to balance that, and that's where Kylo Ren comes in. But you could balance it not with one single person, but like a ton of minor bad guys. Yeah, well, that's or true. One They're not super evil being. Yeah, but that's where that oversight guy that nobody can really explain that hasn't been oh, explained. Snoke. Him. Yes, yeah. that's where he kind of fits in. But I don't think he's force sensitive. He might be. They've never really explained it. 
Yeah, they're because nobody knows what he, no where knows he is, what anything. he is, who he is, right? That type of thing that nobody has a clue. Is he the Force Ghost of uh, of Palpatine? No, doubt it. Really? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I think he's a whole a whole different character. Well, he his it, from from the sounds of it, um, Kylo Ren's uh, upbringing. Is also different from the Sith as well. He's, so he's not a he's not no, a, he's, he's not, not a Sith. Dark he's side. not a Sith. He's from something completely different. So mm. maybe one day we'll find out about the Knights of Ren. Hmm. It's true. I don't know. It's it's kind of it, it seems like he wants to try to live up to Darth Vader's. Oh, uh, absolutely. Um, like, his his it's, grandfather. It's, that, it's shown that in yeah, the film. His his grandfather is his, his inspiration idol. Yeah. And everything he does is trying to live up to those expectations, but he just can't manage to do it. He's a petulant teenager, yeah. which is the thing I liked actually most about him. When he his character was really well developed. I liked right. that. So conflicted all the time. Right, and and when he gets mad, everyone's flinching, thinking, "Oh God, he's going to kill me!" And he goes and destroys furniture. Yeah, like he goes and destroys a, co- a computer console. So he's nothing like. Oh, he's he's absolutely he's not the evil that he wants to be, but he yeah. thinks he he thinks that darkness inside him makes him evil. But no, that's just one of his. That's his family trait. That's his family curse. Yeah. The, the Skywalkers are half in the dark, half in the light, and some of them fall and some of them don't. Yeah. But they, like I said, they needed a balance. And what kind of pissed me off is like Leia, They never portrayed Leia's training or doing any force stuff. Right. Because well, no, not necessarily. Because she's, even though yes, she has, she is sensitive to the force. She never actually develops it. She's a politician. She does develop it later on in the expanded in the expanded universe, universe maybe. But I've I've never seen her do anything force related in anything. No, no, she doesn't get she doesn't get involved until much later in the expanded right. universe. So, which no yeah. longer exists. It's always going to exist to me. So, <laughs> screw that, Disney. <laughs> well, the one awesome thing about running your own game. Your history is what you want it to be. In my history, stormtroopers aren't clones. Never have been. Never have been. No, I agree with you there. Clone troopers were what the what the heroes fought against during the Clone Wars. So it was an army of perhaps separatists, perhaps even the uh, the Bank Federation, whatever. But they didn't have an army of robots. They had an army of clones. Yeah. And the Republic fought against the clones in the Clone Wars. Yeah. Then the name makes sense. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, that was kind of dumb. Going to robots. Yeah. But, uh, what can you do? Anyway, maybe I will finally break down and watch uh, Force Awakens again just to see. I, I, I didn't like the way they handled Ray's character at the end, where suddenly she can do all this crazy Force stuff. That was bullshit. Well, she, theoretically, bullshit. she could do it throughout from the very beginning of the movie. Like, she's this amazing pilot in the ship she's never flown before. That's fine. She knows all of the mechanical things and how to fix everything, and she's a perfect mechanic, and she's a perfect lightsaber duelist. And That's she's, bullshit, though. She's a perfect everything. Don't you know she's a paragon of virtue? I fucking hate Ray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like a load of crap. She yeah. shouldn't be that spectacular. I understand that they're making her... Um, someone who has like this is why it may, it would make sense that that she's either Luke's daughter or Leia's daughter because it's always been said that the Force is strong with the Skywalker family. So yeah. in that sense, okay, fine, whatever. It was never that strong with the Kenobi 
Well, we don't really know if it was or not. It would be funny if, okay, so in the Clone War, they hint at a past background of Obi-Wan where he and the Mandalorian Queen were best friends. And for a while there, they were in love with each other. And if she had asked, he actually would have left the, the order for her. Really? Yeah. Huh. So it's possible that at some point they had a child and he's actually Mandalorian. Hmm. Interesting. So if she's a Kenobi, she might be half Kenobi, half Mandalorian. But the Kenobis were never that strong in the Force. We don't know. Because we, we don't know any other Kenobis. That's true. <laughs> anyway, so this has been fun uh, Star Wars speculation. <laughs> and I don't have any more news and rumors, so let's move on to segment three. Mm-hmm. We talk about the Star Wars game that I just <laughs> finished running. <laughs> good, good merge into it. There we go. So... Um, we've been talking about this for a while. Uh, I've been planning a campaign called Notice Integrations, where all of the players are bounty hunters. Yes. Well, that's not technically true because we have one guy who is not a bounty hunter. He's actually a force well, sensitive. A force user, but yeah. he he's in this bounty hunting group and he's acting as a bounty hunter. He's licensed as a bounty hunter without actually having the bounty hunter any of the bounty hunter specializations. So this uses the Fantasy Flight Games uh, system that was put out uh, maybe four years ago now. Came Is it that in, old? Yeah, 2012. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I recently started listening to um, a podcast called the Order 66 podcast. Oh, yeah. And they were old Saga players uh, okay. who had been talking about this Star Wars and Star Wars role-playing for like, 10, 15 years. But when, when, um, when Fantasy Flight Games put out their beta... They got a copy of it and decided, you know what? We'll put the old podcast away for now, and we'll start a brand new, like start from episode one with the new Order 66 podcast. And it's it's just, the cool thing about it is it's not, um, it's, it's, they, they, they talk about rules, they talk about design um, aesthetics. Uh, they have people from Fantasy Flight Games who regularly come on uh, as interviewees or just hang out with them on the, um, on, the, uh, on the podcast. That's cool. It's very neat. So you get to kind of listen to the people who worked at Fantasy Flight Games talk about how much they love the system and, and what they put into it and how hard they worked to get it to be as good as it is. And it really is. Like, I mean, I'm a diehard West End Games D6 Star Wars player, and I've been jamming that game for 25 years now. But I may give that up and just switch wholeheartedly even though I have another podcast I deal specifically with that D6 universe, I might switch those guys over to this game too. Mm. It's that good. And the, the thing I like... It's balanced well. It now is. that we figured out how to do it right, right. it is balanced um, Yeah, there's there's, well. there's a good balance between um, the different types of player characters. So you may be strong in combat, but terrible in other like social areas, mm. whereas other people might be strong in social areas and not so good in combat. So you... You, your weaknesses and strengths kind of help each other. But the thing I like most about it is that it's a narrative system mm-hmm. and it's it's all designed around the group telling a story. It's not adversarial the way... See, I had to kill someone in my last game. We, we talked about this now for two, three podcasts. And that felt like a me versus you type of uh, interaction where where that death occurred. Whereas in this game because of the circumstances and the way he died, it probably still would have been a player death. Yeah. 
or sorry, a character death, not a player death. <laughs> player death, very bad. Very bad, yeah. Character death can be dealt with. <laughs> yeah. No, what, 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 I, what I like about this game is even if you fail a role, mm-hmm. it can still end up positive somehow. Right. So, it all depends so on how you swing it, right? The specific action you were trying may have failed, but sparked something that does have a positive outcome like, for what you really want to do. Like, that really happened for me in the game today, mm-hmm. which I think that was probably the most um, sort of, like, role-playing thing that I've ever done in any of our gaming sure. things. And it just felt really natural to be able to to, to, to just be like, oh, crap, I, I failed that sneak roll or whatever. Right. They, they see me. And you've been spotted. And then I'm like, okay, I'm a Jawa. Look, I'm surrounded by a bunch of scrap parts and stuff. Right. I'm going to start scavenging because that's what you always do. Right. And it just felt natural. And then suddenly it just kind of escalated and everything. And it all turned out really, really well, mm-hmm. even though I originally failed that role. Right. You know? So in, in any other game, a failed sneak roll would be someone has spotted you sneaking. And they attack Obviously you. Obviously <laughs> you're sneaking and, and it becomes instantly hostile. Yeah. So you're doing something, you're, not, you're somewhere you're not supposed to be. You're doing something you're not supposed to be doing. Why are you here? Guns get pointed, that sort of thing. In this game, because of the fact that you, even though you failed the role, you still had a lot of advantage, well, maybe their reaction to you isn't that hostile after all. You're on Tatooine, you're a Jawa, so naturally you'd be wherever you're not supposed to be. Like, Jawas are everywhere. They're like yeah. little rodents or uh, little rats. They just pop up whenever you don't expect them. And to find you in an airport scavenging for supplies, oh my god, we go through this every week. <laughs> yeah, right. Another Jawa looking for supplies in the Star Corps. So the guy comes over, you guys have a little chat. That role is also has positive advantage, and all of a sudden now you're friends and he's he takes you under his wing and you're like his little buddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it totally worked out well for the whole party. Yeah. I thought it was I thought it was just kind of really interesting, you know, just to do that. Normally I'm sort of like leery about role-playing anything right and i just took to that really it just sort of like yeah that's what i'll do and it just worked and i would normally you know every time i'd fail something like that I'd be like oh crap here we go into combat my right. character's gonna die right i'm gonna have to make another character but <laughs> you know and, and then everybody you know i think to myself as this was happening i'm like okay so the rest of my group ran a distraction right to take away the guards that were right at the entrance and I'm like they're going to come back before I'm done here I just know that so how am I going to get out I've befriended this tech guy screw it I'll just keep helping until they decide to leave and I'll just right. go with them right. and it worked <laughs> <laughs> the guards looked at me like what yep. oh well he's fine he's with the tech guys they're not saying anything so right. Right, they just and, turned around and we know the tech guys were allowed in there because they have the proper authorization yeah. so yeah, whatever that's right and they just you know, and everybody was like, well, how are you going to get out? You know, they're, they're all like, you're going to have to do combat or something. And I'm like, right. no, I'm just going to walk out with the tech guys. It's going to be fine. I'm pretty sure any of it. Anyway. And, and it sure was. Enough, yeah. It was. It was acceptable. And I was like, pretty much how I expected it to go. <laughs> you know, there wasn't a shocker there, really. <laughs> and I thought, I thought, you know, that whole dynamic was, that wouldn't happen in, the, in, another, in an, any other kind of game, mm-hmm. really. And you know? we really went through an entire session. What three hours of actual playing? Yeah, not a single combat role. No, there was no combat rules. No. Which was, I mean, some people that's what they want, right? Right. But I thought it was pretty good. Yeah. To not have to deal with that. So. Well, I'm. It's not like you're not going to get into combat. You, you're at a place right now where, okay, granted, combat's going to happen 
probably Next relatively game, soon. Yeah. <laughs> well, we're doing a hunt. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna happen. Well, either you're gonna take part in the hunt, or you start sneaking around trying to find something, and someone finds you doing that. Or, yeah. You know, there's there's all sorts of stuff that can it's happen. gonna happen for sure. Especially if we roll that many. Uh, oh my god, there was so much threat today. <laughs> so much threat. It wasn't even that. It was the the original force rolls. Oh yeah, every, get our destiny points or whatever. The entire <laughs> destiny pool started black. Yeah, only you could benefit from that pool. You did, and then we promptly turned it around and wasted it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't say wasted. I mean, you guys were looking for no, something yeah. that really would have helped you out had you been able to do it. Yeah, but I, I mean, the chances of that were slim. True. I mean, what did what did it, what did spending it do? It gave us what two yellows? Two yeah, yellow one, dice? one yellow each. That always gives you the chance of a triumph. It does, granted, but and it really wasn't that much of an advantage in the grand scheme of it, though. Also, think about it this way. One triumph, you get something good for that scenario. Two triumphs, carte blanche. You can do whatever you want. Whatever you say happens next in the storyline, that's what happens next. But what if one of us had each got one triumph? Then you'd each get one triumph. That's fine. You, you you would find a ship, and that ship would be... But really, it's up to you to determine how that yeah, triumph works out. That's true. But that triumph has some limitations. Double triumph? There are no limitations. <laughs> you probably could have found a perfectly working ship, which was hidden underneath all the junk. In fact, someone intentionally hid it there, intending to come back and claim it later. Yeah. But that ship will not be there when they return, because you guys found it, and now it's yours. Working perfectly fine pristine shape <laughs> like filled to the gills the with supplies tape. yeah some smuggler's ship or exactly whatever that was. now granted stealing that ship so, that would have created a problem later on probably right but so my favorite mechanic about um about this new game is called obligation this is specific to uh edge of the empire the other two lines which is uh age of rebellion and force and destiny they have their own special mechanic that yeah. deals with something more more specific to them. So Age of Rebellion deals with the rebels, or it could deal with any military organization. So it's uh-huh. everything's much more structured, and they have a mechanic called duty. So your duty is actually um, it it's 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 how it's how you feel about what you're doing. It's 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 how proud you are of serving this military. It's it's how well you've done. All these things contribute to your duty. And once your duty hits max, it then ticks back over to zero, and then you gain like renown in this in the organization. Huh. So if it's the Empire, you're like a really good star trooper or stormtrooper or pilot or whatever whatever career you've you've chosen. If you're part of the Alliance, you're like this really well known commando uh, who's done many missions and, and destroyed many outposts and saved a lot of lives, that sort of thing. Okay. So that's their mechanic. And then Force and Destiny has a different mechanic called Morality, which deals with you fighting your inner nature. So Light side, dark side. Light side, dark side, exactly. Yeah. So, um, and, and everyone has a, um, an emotional strength and emotional weakness that are opposite of each other. So maybe, everything's got to be in balance with the ex- Force. Exactly. Yeah. And it's funny because if... If you normally you start off exactly fifty fifty on that scale too, and if you do that, then you get additional uh, abilities, or you can spend additional a bit of extra cash to buy stuff with, or if you choose to forego the bonuses, 
you can start with having your morality shifted up or down on the scale by 15 points, huh. putting you closer to being a dark side user or closer to being a paragon of light. Hmm. So it's, again, those are very special, though, are very specific to their core rules. Yeah. We're playing mainly Edge of the Empire, even though we have a Force user, and he still has the, the, uh, that conflict the morality, morality yeah. uh, mechanic. He also still has obligation. That's right. And uh, the way obligation works is um, you can't live on the, on the edge like that without having someone dislike you. Having owing someone a favor, having a debt, um, mm-hmm. you, and it gives you the ability to start off with some pretty cool stuff. But everything has a cost. No one does anything for free. That's right. Case in point: you guys were on the adventure. You'd already had your starting obligation from character creation, which tied the party together. That's another mechanic I really like: is that you you mold your obligations so that they all fit with each other. And when you start off, you're a cohesive group. Sure, you might only have known each other for a short amount of time. You're still getting to kind of know each other, but you start off as a group. There's no more lone individuals that you're trying to meld after the game starts. You start off as a group. But throughout play, depending on your actions, you accrue additional obligation. For Mm -hmm. instance, the Jawas needed an astromech droid. And, well, they could have bought one if they had enough money, or they could have stolen one. Which then Would someone given an obligation. someone might have taken offense and put a bounty on them to return this jaw this droid, but their jaw was they're really hard to find anyway. <laughs> or what they ended up doing is they went to their family and said, "Does anyone have a droid that they wouldn't mind parting with?" And in exchange for a, a favor to one day be reclaimed, they gave you a droid for free. Mm-hmm. Now that adds to your overall obligation. So that it was, it was small because it's family. It's just an astromech droid. It's only a five point. But at some point during gameplay, that's going to come up. Yeah. Which makes me wonder. I know we rolled, we rolled triumph dice mm-hmm. to, to find that ship. Now, I don't remember. Did we roll any despair dice? I don't believe you did. Because there really isn't... Like go, searching through a junk pile looking for a ship, there's nothing there that would cause you to have something super bad happen to you. No, but uh, what I was thinking is what you could have done is if you know decided that we needed the ship, if we had actually had a despair die and we rolled the despair die mm-hmm. and we got the despair, you'd be like, yes, you found a ship. But yeah. then it comes from what who the ship belonged to, right. you know, and then that creates. This really big evil obligation type thing. Oh, quite possibly. Yeah. You know, you could have gone that route with this. It's like, yes, you still get your ship, mm. but now there's a price, right? Right. Or there's something wrong with the ship, and something bad happens to you midway through travel. In fact, yeah. something bad did happen to you midway through travel, but really, that was just a um, precursor to you and further another adventure. Absolutely, yeah. It was just just a uh, something to take note of, and maybe one day go back to. Mm-hmm. But I'm also saying is like you can use, you can use the uh, despair mm-hmm. in a positive way that has a consequence with the obligation. Sure. Absolutely. So maybe in the future you can keep that in mind if, if you think that far ahead, right? Right. You know. But the re- the reason I didn't include a uh, a challenge die, which is what the the red die is called, yeah. because every die that you use in this game has a purpose. So. Mm-hmm. There's what they call um, ability die, 
which is kind of like your innate abilities, and there's skill die, which is kind of like your training. Although there's mechanics where it's it can be the reverse depending on how high some members get. But so skill dice, sorry, um, ability dice only have positive results or neutral results, but they don't have that triumph. Mm -hmm. That's only on skill dice. Consequent, uh, in addition, sometimes you get boost dice, sometimes you get setback dice. So boost dice don't have a triumph either. They don't, they have positive, but mainly they have advantage. So the boost dice is something that's going to aid you, but it's not going to help you succeed. And the, in fact, the, the setback dice, those, again, are going to cause threat more than anything else. They're not really going to make you fail. So every die has a specific reason, and the reason that die is added to your pool has a specific reason. So you can actually use that die pool to determine what the the bad what what the negative or positive results are. So if you're if you have everything canceled out but there's still one threat left on that setback dice and that setback dice was given to you because you're from an arid environment now you happen to be in a, a water filled environment and you feel very uncomfortable well then now you have a, a a way to explain why you have that setback that that threat. Yeah. Well it was like my it was like my role to do that repair. Mhm. I failed the roll, but I had a bunch of, I had a bunch of advantages. Right. So we ended up choosing that I worked on the poor communications or something mm-hmm. that was giving feedback and all this stuff. I got rid of the feedback, but now the volume doesn't work and right. it's set really, really, really low. Right. So so it's still a failure. Well, well, I improved it, <laughs> but not really. <laughs> but not really. Right. <laughs> it is just a kind of a funny way of. Of using the dice to determine, mm-hmm. you know, even though you failed, right. you may not have failed right. at what you're trying to do. No, no. If, if you failed, it means you don't succeed in the specific action yeah. you're working on. However, it, there are some, there potentially is some beneficial side effects. Yeah. Like I got rid of the static, but now right. you just can't hear anything right. on the damn thing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because you, un- like, you unjacked the uh, one yeah. cord and now there's no volume. <laughs> Or it's like it only works in the left ear. Right. You know, <laughs> we have that problem all the time with our sound system. Here. Oh Jesus! <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it, fa- <laughs> it's things like that, right? And I think that's one. That's why the mechanics in this game work really well. It's like you said, it's a narrative based, mm-hmm. right? It's not you versus us. And I'm, I'm I like the fact that you use the the uh, oh the spare die mm-hmm. a fair bit, you know. And I, it's like you look at it, it's like. Oh crap! But that's in there, you know. And it's like there's a chance something really, really bad really could happen. Bad. But you kind of look at it as it's like, but it makes the, it makes it more interesting. Sure. You know, it's like something really, really, really bad could happen. The chance is there, mm-hmm. but you know, something might not happen at all. Right. You know. So it's like I'm happy you use that more. You know, we're not trying. It's like don't be afraid to use the die. Oh no, not know? at all. And I like how you used, you know, you flipped over a lot of the pool, or a couple of the pool, anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, considering we have, what, up to up to eight? Uh, no, yeah. there's, there's five of us, so max we can get is ten if everyone rolls two. You roll as well? I roll two, yep. Okay, so yeah, we get up to, like, ten. And I mean, that's, you know, to go, th- we only used, what, two today? We used four. 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 Yeah, but we... You used two and we used two. No, no, no. I I used three, so you guys used. Two. So, oh, of I mean, the, yeah, you're right. Maybe it was only two and two. Of the available, well, I can understand why you don't 
want to use them because then it gives us a chance to to change a thing. But I think it's no, sort no, no, of no, no. I, I actually want to use them more often. The problem is you don't want to use them all the time, reason. and there has to be yeah, there has to be a reason why all of a sudden what you're trying to do is much more difficult. Yeah, and normally difficulty is raised by adding challenge dice or not sorry um by adding uh, setbacks so if you're in a if you're trying to make an observation but you're in a dimly room that's a setback die if you're um it's nothing that will cause failure it just makes it makes it slightly harder for you to do whatever you're trying to do yeah i think i think the only reason i'm saying this is like because we had eight of them and we only went through some of them i know but then you know it's just the roll of the die, right? I think I think four, three of us, three of us rolled twos. Mm-hmm. You know, like it had two, 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 two dark, dark side, side on yeah. e- on the dice, and then two of us rolled just ones. Correct. And they were all dark, obviously. Every single one of them was but, dark to begin with. I mean, if you, there's that chance that each person will only roll one, so we'll have a maximum of five. Right. But even that seems kind of like minimum. Yeah, five minimum. But that seems like that. Even that's ridiculous. But I I can understand. The whole, you know, the big, the big pool. Like I'm like, why is the pool so big? Mm-hmm. But the pool is so big because what happened today was kind of a fluke. Where right. Every one of them was dark side. Right. That, that'll never so, happen again. So it's like, uh, don't say that because it probably will. So but we, we can play for a year and never see a, a full dark side or full light side from the outset. Yeah, it might, that's true. it might end up that way. Yeah. But it, from the outset, it's very rare. Yeah, but that's why I can see why you would need so many. So because it's going to probably you know, most likely be split down half, right? right? So there'll be like four light side, five dark side, sure, or or ha- what have you, right? So I can understand the big pool, but you know, if it's just like, well, they're all dark. Why do we need eight of them? You know, it's like we could get by with three. Well, you know, at that point, but, it's also difficult to not just flip them over just for the sake of flipping them over. Yeah. Like there has, there really has, there to, has to be a reason. reason no, and for I that get flip. that. I get that. So I don't want to use them too... Like, I, I want to be sparing in their use. Well, I know we, we, we ended up redoing a lot of our our characters. It's just minor tweaks. Every Well, everybody went back and redid their stats. Mm-hmm. I didn't, because for one, I was fiddling with everything, trying to get it all to work, and right. failing miserably at that. <laughs> and when we actually got down to playing, it's sort of like I came in, I was like, okay, so you guys, I heard something about changing stuff. I have no idea what's going on. So I'm just like... I'm just going to leave my character the way it is. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kind of wondering whether or not that was a good idea or not. Well, but I think I think it's going to be okay. I don't have a bad character. Listen, if, if your character's characteristics aren't maxed the way they can be at the beginning of gameplay, it's not the end of the world. You can overcome that with skill. It just You might have a bit of a gap for the first little bit until you get enough experience where you're able to get your <laughs> skills high enough yeah. that your low statistics no longer matter. Yeah, that's true. It's just kind of like, I only have two threes in my entire thing, and everything else is twos. But I'm not sure if that's average, if that's good or not. Well, for humans, twos are average for everything. Yeah. But you are not playing a human. You're playing a tiny little dude. So your bronze starts at one. So you know you've jacked that up to two already. Yeah. And you've got um, probably your agility and cunning, maybe, up to to threes. Those are the threes. Those are the main skills you're going to use as a bounty hunter. Well, that's the thing, right? I went, I was, I went, my character primarily was designed to be sort of like the tank, you mm. know, heavy weapons. Mm. That's what I went with. So that's why my, my range, whenever I roll my range, I get three dice. Two of those are going to be yellow all the mm-hmm. time. And one green against whatever else 
and then I get bonus blue dies depending on the situation that we're in. Right. Because of the skills that I took. Right. So it's sort of like, you know, that's pretty decent for, mm-hmm. for what I'm doing. And the fact Absolutely. that I, I succeeded on so many of my other roles today that had <laughs> nothing to do with any of that skill set. Right. we didn't do any combat, right? Nope. Was, it, it just kind of astounded me. And I'm like, you know what? I'm probably doing okay. You know, my character is not bad, yep. you know? so And, again, still a starting character. Yeah. So let's go with it and just hope for the best. I don't right? think you have anything to worry about. No, I don't think so either. It's it's the other it's the other people that in the group because they're all kind of well. See, even then, crazy. Though, they they even though everyone took bounty hunter except for Chris who took the uh, the aggressor. Um, even though they're bounty hunters, not everyone dumped all their points to the hunting portion. Yeah. Or the the killing combat, por- the, the combat. Yeah, the combat. That's kind of where I went. Every, everyone's else. everyone's more rounded. Yeah. So tr- some have tracking. Some have. Uh, one guy is pilot, so if you ever do get a ship, at least you'll have a guy who can fly. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can't get a droid to do that too. Do you have an R five? <laughs> well, that's for good for navigation, anyway. If anything. Yeah, but you put a little tinker in there a bit, get it, get it to uh, to do some piloting for you as well. well. It won't t- be great, but it'll be better than you. I was telling Pat earlier. I said it's like oh, we'll get we'll get a bunch of like RT units or whatever, and I'm gonna mount my gun on the top of one <laughs> mobile turret here. Let's go, you know. I was like, like that's not a bad idea. Might as well. <laughs> I'll certainly give you a boost die for a stable platform. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. That's cute. <laughs> you know, it's kind of things like that. This is a really really well rounded system. Yeah, yeah, I really like it. And with that, we should probably say. Uh, Goodbye. It's been an hour. It has um, been an hour, yeah. That's more than enough time for this. Considering it's just the two of us, yeah. you know, that's not bad. Yep. It's, I think this is the most I've anyone has ever heard you talk. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's usually because I can't get a word in edgewise. Oh, yeah. Fucking pass. <laughs> <laughs> <Like>, uh, <laughs> All right. So thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. That was good. <laughs>